Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Orion has partnered with JDog Brands for several years to provide exclusive franchise opportunities for honorably discharged veterans and military family members. Transitioning into the civilian workforce can be daunting, which is why hundreds of veterans have chosen the route of franchise ownership with JDog Brands, the largest veteran-owned franchise system in America. JDog's established reputation, military foundation, proven business model, and low startup costs make it a great opportunity for veterans to become business owners. JDog franchise opportunities include junk removal and hauling, as well as carpet cleaning and floor care. In today's show, I'm joined by Lily Williams, Army veteran and JDog franchise owner in Ohio. Lily is so passionate about her work with JDog and the opportunity it's given her to spend more time with family and give back to the community. Lily discusses her military career, overcoming fear of failure, what led her to JDog, and how franchise ownership has changed her life. If you have any questions about this interview, send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. If you'd like to learn more about JDog and its franchising opportunities, visit them online at www.jdogbrands.com. Hi, Lily. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for uh, asking me to come, come out and talk with you guys. Yes, I'm excited. I think any of our listeners have probably potentially either seen one of the podcasts that we've done before or have maybe received an email about JDog. We've been partnered with you guys for several years now, and it's been such an awesome partnership. And I'm always, I always love to hear about um, different franchisees' backgrounds and kind of what made you get started in the business because everyone has unique experiences and backgrounds. So just from talking to you briefly, I think that you have a very fun personality and you're going to offer a new perspective on this. So can you set the stage by telling us a little bit about yourself? Absolutely. Um, I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Grew up uh, very, very much a Cash Browns Indian fan. Um, I, I did 21 years in the military. Um, I was a logistics officer and um, family of four, a great background. My parents, you know, blue collar worked in the steel mill. So a lot of history um, with my family, my upbringing, um, and just where the military force has taken me throughout my years. So. Yeah. So how did you decide to join the military? Did you have a family history or was there something else that made you want to join the military? Actually, I was in high school and I kept seeing the be all you can be commercials. Those like drew me in and I would sit there and my dad had the, the huge floor model TV and I would just I would always see those commercials and I was like, that is such an interesting thing. And I, I didn't know anyone. We didn't have any family who was in the military. My uncle, I think was in the military He's in Vietnam um, who had passed away. So I didn't know very much about the military, but it was just the be all you can be commercials. And I knew that I had a bigger calling than just, you know, being a, you know, blue collar worker. I wanted to experience something, something outside of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. So great marketing on their behalf. <laughs> right. Absolutely. <laughs> so can you tell me a little bit about your military career? Oh, wow. So I joined the military March of 2000 and I came in as a human resources uh, specialist and 
I, when I started, I didn't really know what I wanted to do in the military, but I, I just wanted to be there. And so my experiences early on kind of just gave me, I guess, a forward path of being able to travel, being able to meet new people. So those were all the things that I kind of wanted to do. And as my career progressed, um, I was promoted. Once I was promoted to an NCO, I had a mentor who was a logistics officer. And he came over and he's like, well, what are you planning on doing with your career? I was like, what do you mean? I'm in the military. You know, that is my career. And he's like, no, you need to have, you need to stand out from your peers. You need to do something that'll make you, you know, uh, presentable and marketable. And and I didn't understand that. I'm, you know, I'm 24 years old. I didn't understand what that meant. And so he would come over and he would give us, we had what's called correspondence courses where you go online, you do some training, they give you a certificate. So I started doing those and, I, you know, just, I was told a senior person told me take these training, you know, these training classes. And so I just started taking them. And then I was in a, I think it was like a change of command or promotion ceremony or something. And the command sergeant major called me out and I'm this young, you know, buck sergeant. And he's like, you know, this training was for senior uh, NCOs and senior officers. And we have a new buck sergeant who was just promoted, who's taking all this, this classes. And that just, to me, that was like huge. Everyone, you know, congratulated me. And I'm like, I just took a class. Like it was nothing. But to them, I stood out for my peers. So they started giving me more privileges, allowing me to do more things. So I said, okay, if I do more, you know, you know, things progressively, then, you know, I'll get more promotion, more acknowledgement. And that's all I wanted at that time. And so after, you know, that I said, you know, what's the next step? And that same mentor came to me and he said, you should enroll in some college classes. And I said, I don't want to go to college. That, you know, that's not in my plan. I just want to go in the military and be done with that. And he's like, I wasn't asking. And I said, okay, <laughs> I guess, I guess you weren't <laughs> being asked. So I went down to the local college up in Fort Drum. New York, I enrolled in some classes. And when I enrolled in those classes, the um, I was taking brick and mortar, which is actually going to the schoolhouse. And that same year, they came out with online classes. So I took my first class, brick and mortar. And then the next class, I took one brick and mortar and one online. And I was like, oh, so I can probably graduate earlier if I do both of these. So after two years, I graduated with my associates and my bachelor's in the same year from the military. And then once I graduated with my bachelor's, I was, this is, you know, long down the road, I had actually been eligible for E7 promotion, which is star first class. And I met this colonel. He'd come in my office. I didn't know who he was. I was a civilian human resources working in the office and he came in. He puts his feet up on my desk and I'm looking at him and I'm going, why would you put your feet on my desk? <laughs> and so he sits there, he talks to us, says, let me find out about this guy before I kill him in his office. And we're sitting there, we're just having a conversation. 
I didn't know who he was at this point. I just, he was just to me, some random person who came in and just wanted to have a conversation. It was a huge building. And the next day, my senior NCO came to me and he said, the new commander wants to speak to you. I said, okay. And so I'm like, what did I do? He was like, I don't know what you did, but he wants you now. And so I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what I did. I don't even know this guy. So I walk in, it's the guy who had his seat up on my desk. And he's like, I pulled your records. He said, after you and I talked yesterday, I pulled your records. And I see that you're up for promotion for E7. But I also want to tell you that there is a officer's board coming up. I think you would be a great addition to becoming an officer. And I think you should look at it. So I have both of these packets in front of me, one for E7 and one for an officer. And he's like, you can make a good, he was like, you can make the decision to stay at NCO, which is a great path. He's like, but if you're going to deal with the crap, you might as well get the money to go with it. I was like, you're absolutely correct. <laughs> so he gave me 48, 48 hours to make a decision. And 48 hours later, I had decided that I wanted to be an officer. And so I put in the packet and I went to a board of seven officers. I had to sit with seven different logistics, you know, just a range of officers from different fields in the military. And I had to basically explain to them why I would make a good fit to become an officer. And after this hour of what I felt like an eternity of interrogation, <laughs> um, I sat outside and waited with 14 other people. They only chose five people to be commissioned as officers in the army. And I was the only female. And wow. I could not believe it. I cried. And I didn't understand it. And I asked after the fact that I went back in the room and they said, you can go back and talk to them. If you, and I asked, I, I wanted to know, why did you choose me? They said, because you were the only one who challenged our thought processes. And you were the only one who put forth, and I guess the, the values that we look for in an officer as far as wanting to be there with your soldiers, not wanting to put your soldiers in a situation where they would be in danger and you wouldn't. And you gave us everything that we needed to make a decision. And I couldn't believe out of 14 people, I was the only female selected out of the, the five that they chose. Wow. That's and pretty incredible. Later, it is. It, it was, it was, I could I, when I walked away, I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, this really just happened. <laughs> and so, <laughs> um, yeah. And so they sent my packet to Fort Knox. And 30 days later, I took off my NCO rank and pinned on officer rank. And I was an officer for, I mean, I did NCO for 10 years. And then after that, I was an officer for the remainder of my career. So it took me all the way to 2021, January, where I retired, um, a major in the Army. Wow. You know what's so cool? I feel like with everything that you just shared about your background, I was thinking, I could have you on multiple podcasts. We could talk about mentorship and the value of mentorship. It sounds like that's something that has immensely helped you in your career. And then even also kind of having the um, the knowledge of both the enlisted side and the officer side and sort of how that shaped your background and your experience and what you do now. I just think that you bring such an incredible perspective to this. So 
Um, yeah, I would love to talk more about all those things, but I know kind of the purpose of this is to talk about JDOG, but I do appreciate you sharing all of that because that is really incredible. And what I think kind of stands out to me about that too is that um, you said that the reason that they selected you to become an officer was because you were the one that challenged them. And so clearly you come across as a very confident and assured person. I'm wondering, do you feel like any of that came from your military background or do you think that you were always that way? I think it's a learned process. And I tell a lot of people, even when I, cause I do mentor and I tell them fear is the, the biggest thing that will hurt you or it will push you into a position where you have no choice but to be successful. Mm -hmm. And at each one of those pivotal points in my life, even with my degree and, you know, I never thought I would graduate high school, uh, let alone, you know, college. And those pivotal moments, my fear and anxiety of going through that next step said, hey, either you're going to fail before you start or, you, you know, you're not going to start at all or you're just going to push through and see what happens. And that, mm -hmm. that's a part of, you know, what pushed me with J-Dog was I was already I was in a, in a position where I the fear was, you know, it, it pushed me in the direction to say, either you're going to fail before you start or you're going to push through. And so mm -hmm. I take the bull by the horns and everything. I'll sit there and I'll go, this is not going to work. This is not going to work. And then I'm like, <laughs> you know what? We're going to do it anyway. The worst thing that can happen is they're going to tell me no. And if you ask Terry, which, you know, he's one of the pivotal persons that I spoke with when I first decided on J-Dog, it was, you know, before I had that conversation, I said, the worst thing you guys can tell me is no. And he laughed. He's <laughs> like, why would we tell you no? I said, hey, I put all the cards on the table. <laughs> said, the worst thing you can say is no, we don't want you as a J-Dogger. And I'll accept that. But I'm not going to, I'm not going to go down without a fight. So that's, you know, that's a part yeah. of, you know, being who I am. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, and I love that perspective because everybody does have, um, reservations, fear, anxiety about obviously like your next step in your career, like you said, whether to go back to school or not. And so I think that one of the defining characteristics that we have is whether or not we let that hold us back or move us forward. So it's clear that you chose the latter. Oh, definitely. I definitely chose the latter. <laughs> well, so what made you decide to pursue franchising? I mean, I, I know you had this great military background, you got your degree. Did you think about business ownership and franchise ownership prior to hearing about J-Dog or was it something that you heard about them that struck a chord that made you want to pursue it? I will tell you. So I was 2018, December, I was deployed to Africa, to Djibouti. I worked in Djibouti and in Somalia for uh, the last few years of my military career. And when I was in Somalia, I was injured. So I had a malgraumatic brain injury uh, down there, and I was sent to Walter Reed Medical Facility uh, for nine and a half months to recover. During our recovery, they said, you know, your job here is basically to get better. However, there are a variety of things that you can do to, you know, occupy yourself. You could take some classes, things like that. So I said, well, I've always wanted to have a business after the military, and I know that with this type of injury that I have, they're not going to re retain me in the military. And so I 
applied to the Boots to Business uh, program, which is a training through Mississippi State. And it's a 12-week course, and it teaches you the foundations of owning a business. So I knew I wanted to own a business. I didn't know what. And while I was in the training, the instructor said, hey, Lily, have you ever heard of J-Dog Junk Removal Hauling? I said, no. I said, can you tell me about it? So he gave me kind of an overview. He said, I think that would be a great franchise. And I said, well, I don't know very much about franchises, but I do know that I want to have a business. And so he sent me the information for J-Dog. I looked, it, looked him up online. I called and I spoke with uh, Dana, and I think I spoke with Nick uh, on the J-Dog staff. And they kind of gave me an overview of what J-Dog was. And I was, I was really interested at this time. And, but, you know, I had to take a step back and I said, I'm in treatment. I can't pursue something this, this big while I'm at a medical facility. I can't be hands-on with these things. So I told them that I would call them back if I decided to pursue the franchise. And so I went, finished my medical treatment at, at Walter Reed, and I left there, I think, September, October timeframe. And then I went back to my government job, which I was a government civilian also. And as I was there, I was cleaning out my emails and I was cleaning out my emails, and I came across the J-Dog email. And I was like, I forgot all about this. You know, I was like, well, you know, I said, you know, I said, maybe you got to tell me something. Because I did say that I didn't want to do it while I was in treatment. And I was going to wait until I came back home to think about what I wanted to do. And I said, and this is the first thing that comes up when I pull up my emails. And I said, so I'm going to call. And I called, I think it was like the end of January or somewhere, in, I think the end of January I called. Talked to Terry, um, gain, you know, gained some insight on J-Dog, more in-depth information. And I was like, wow, this sounds like a really cool venture. And I said, you know, I, I asked the, you know, the preliminary questions, the cost and things like that. And he said, well, you know what? He said, what if we invite you to come out to Discovery Day and see if you like it? So I said, okay, let me talk to my husband about it. And then we'll, we'll, we'll go from there. And I went home after my, my, my day at work and I sat there and I was like, hmm, you know, I don't know if he's going to want to, cause he's getting ready to retire from the government also. And I said, I wonder if he's going to want to do this. And then, like I said earlier, that fear came back and I was like, he's going to say, no, he's going to say, no, he's going to, so I had already counted <laughs> myself out and I'm like, you know what? Like I said, first worst thing they could say, he could say is no. So I went to my husband and I said, Hey, I talked to a gentleman today about a franchise. So what do you think about doing that after we retire? And he's like, uh, I don't know. Maybe we, you know, I wanted to travel things. I said, well, let's look into it and see. I said, they've invited us to come out to discovery day. We can go out if we don't like it or, you know, it's too much. We can, we can say no. He said, okay, let, let, let's do it. Let's go ahead and go out. We were blown away. We were completely blown away. The staff, Tracy, Jerry, James, I'll give them, you know, Kevin, like they were so in tune with everything that we were looking for in a franchise. When they said it was veteran exclusive, it, you know, they're a very hands-on franchise. They, you know, kind of put all of the eggs in the basket and let us choose how to operate our business. Like 
everything, you know, the, the getting veterans to become entrepreneurs and or just have jobs, the, you know, the foundation, all the, these things were presented to us. And before we even left after the first day, we were, we were sold. We were completely sold. Mm-hmm. And so we called, I, I think, a week later, and we were like, we're in. They were like, that quick? We're like, yeah, we're in. <laughs> and I think <laughs> next month, I was in, we, you know, we were already scheduled for training the next month. We'd already prepared everything. We were, we were ready. So <laughs> we were ready. And so after that, we just, it was, it was, it was not even a question. And so, you know, even now, like at the job fair with the employees that I have who are there, we're presenting J-Dog as not just a job. We job just over broke. We are not presenting anything as just a job. We are presenting it one as an adventure. We are presenting it as an opportunity to become an entrepreneur. And we're presenting it as a family oriented organization because that's what it is to us. Mm-hmm. One thing that I've really come to appreciate working with JDOG over the years is that it's one thing for a company to say what they believe and say what their values are, but it's really evident by talking to anybody at JDOG that that is truly the truth for you. I mean, whether it's from a franchise owner, it's like you mentioned, Terry, Kevin, people at corporate, you can just tell that it's not just a job, it's a mission. And it's really cool to see that. And again, it's one thing to say it, it's really cool to see it and to hear it from people like you. Absolutely. And not even that, like, I was, we were talking on, we have a J-Dog spouses page. And so we were talking about like fitness and stuff. And it's so cool to, I mean, and I don't know very many other franchises where, you know, one of the founders, Tracy, Tracy's so involved with everything that we do. And she motivates us because, you know, being a military spouse and being, you know, mother and being, she's met all of those standard and we're just like and I tell her that we live vicariously through you and Jerry because we know what you guys have been through to get where you are and Mm -hmm. if that's something worth standing behind we are there for it we are Mm -hmm. definitely there for it yeah I love that it's it kind of it brings you back I'm sure to the fulfillment that you felt when you were serving in the military to have something where you feel like you're part of a big family and um really making an impact on the veteran community. So I think that's so cool. Absolutely. So I want to hear a little bit more about your experience as a franchise owner, because just having talked to you a little bit previously, and then before we started recording today, I know that, you know, you just mentioned that your husband is involved in the business. I think you had mentioned before that your daughter is as well, which is awesome. So I guess I just want to hear a little bit more about your experience as a franchise owner. Like, you know, how do you bring your family into the fold? Um, do you get to make your own schedule? What does a typical day look like for you? Just really anything that you want to share about your personal business? Oh, absolutely. So we we decided, well, we actually sat down and, and said, you know, the first thing is bringing the family into the fold. Who would be, a, you know, people that, would one love the opportunity who are either starting out or have some experience in, you know, business or work or something like that, where they wouldn't mind, you know, helping us or supporting us getting established. My daughter, when she came on board, she just graduated high school. 
So she she just graduated high school and she her and her fiance decided they were going to just move here. They moved here from Atlanta to help us with the business. And they've been with us since the beginning. Um, and then our two nephews, one, Robert, who's our GM, him and his other, uh, and DeAndre, they moved from Wisconsin. So all our family came from out of state. To, and that, to me, was, it showed me that they believed in us. It's like, and, and that's all my husband is. I said, if they believe in us, we have nothing to be fearful of. Because mm-hmm. they believe in us. That means that we already, we've already started. We've already been successful with that. Mm-hmm. The, um, the process was, it was extensive, not necessarily getting in there, but there's, you know, a lot of paperwork, things like that. But we went through the SBA for our startup and we went through uh bank corp and, um, interstate fleets for our vehicles. So those processes, those are standard processes. So we didn't expect those to be easy processes. (laughs) There were moments where I would throw my hands in the air and, and, and my husband would have to bring me back down to earth because I was like, (laughs) I quit. I'm done. I'm over it. I can't, I can't. And he'd be like, you come this far. Why, why you, you fight so much. Why would you stop now? And then mm-hmm. I'd have to come back to reality. <laughs> I was like, okay, I just need a glass of Chardonnay and I'm, I'm back to it. <laughs> so, glass of Chardonnay, let's get back to it. So, you know, after we got through those processes, the first major milestone for me was the day we picked up our vehicle, our first vehicle in Philly. And I just stood there staring at it like that's actually ours. How did we get here? I'm like, we actually have a vehicle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and from there, it was 100 miles an hour, you know, moving forward. We got the vehicle back. Three days later, we did our, our Veterans Expo, which went over extremely well with the city. And they loved it. They, you know, they loved the truck. They loved everything about J-Dog. And I was like, oh, okay. So, you know, we, we put feed the pavement. And I say, we're going to start blanketing these neighborhoods with our information. We're going to tell people who we are. You know, we are like right now, we are members of three chambers of commerce. I sit on the board of directors for the Canal Winchester Chamber of Commerce. The I'm an ambassador for Grove City Chamber of Commerce. And I'm a, you know, a prominent member of the Pickerington Chamber of Commerce. So we are so involved in a community that when we show up to events, they're just like, oh, Lily dear. Oh, there's Andre. So it's, it's just like, oh my gosh, we're, we're really, and it's not, even if it wasn't for being in business and, be, and being there to make money and, and establish ourselves, we love the involvement in a community. We love, you know, we work with Volunteers of America. They rehab uh, veterans and find them places to live and things like that. So we go out and we donate furniture to them. We've, we furnished several of their members with, you know, furniture for their homes, pictures, things that to make people feel good. And it's a feel good mm-hmm. organization. And that's what the, the, the best part about it is, is being able to get out there and not necessarily getting out there because you're making money, but to get out there to make an impact on the community. You know, mm-hmm. we've done, we were doing another uh, community cleanup on Earth Day. So, you know, we're going to get out here. We're not doing it. You know, we're volunteering and we're getting out here 
just to be involved with the community members and let them know J Dog is here. We are here. And I love that. Oh, so yeah. just to interrupt for a second, I was going to say, I love hearing you talk about this. I can just tell how passionate you are. And it's just a cool thing to witness to see someone doing something that they do feel so passionate about that is also giving back. I think it's really awesome. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, I guess the beauty of the simplicity of just being there, being present. And I tell mm-hmm. my, I tell my children that, you know, I tell my employees that it's just, it's about being present. We understand, you know, bills have to be paid. Things have to be done. The, we, we understand the semantics of what's behind us, what we have to take care of. But if you could take a moment out of your day, and I told my daughter, because she is very introverted, and I'm a complete extrovert. <laughs> and I said, when you go out, no matter where you go, during it, I don't care if it's to get lunch, tell someone good morning. Tell someone hello. Make an impact. You're wearing your J-Dog. I was in a bank and a lady was saying, she was like, that's really cool marketing. And I'm uh, I'm like, what are you talking about? And she's like, your shirt. That's really cool marketing. That's really guerrilla style. I was like, what do you mean guerrilla style marketing? And, I, and I'm just going to the bank and I had on my J-Dog shirt. And she's like, well, what do you guys do? And she's like, oh, well, I'm with this organization and we do a lot of outreach and we do, and just because of a t-shirt. A whole conversation ensued, and she's just like, I definitely have to have you come out and speak for, you know, speak to our community. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Give me a call. And this is this is what I do most of my days is going out, doing speaking engagements, doing community involvement, because um, I was told by one of my counterparts, you, you, if you spend too much time working in your business, that means that you're not working on your business. Mm-hmm. So I get out network, visit people. Just I call some of my customers from last year and I was, hey, how are you doing? You know, I know we can't came and cleaned out some space for you, but I knew that you were trying to expand, extend your house. Did you ever get that done? You know, just have a conversation with them. And they're like, wow, that's it's really great to hear from you. And mm-hmm. they don't expect that. Especially out of a junk hauler. Because you know, people are like junk haul, you guys just pick up trash, right? It's like, no, we are way more than just junk haulers. We can do the mm-hmm. junk hauling for you. But that's not why we're here. We're here to make an impact. And so that's what I, I mean, even we're, all, we're at six months now in the business and we just purchased our third franchise because we know the benefit of being in our communities and being a part of it. And I'm not you know, going to say this with a, a loose, loose lips, but being a, and my perspective, being a black owned business, people see that and they're just like, we didn't know that that can actually happen. We're mm-hmm. at a school right now where a lot of the children of Af- African-American children are coming up to us and like, wow, like we didn't know that that exists. Like, yes, we are here. Mm-hmm. We are here. We are here to make impact. We are here to change the perspective. We're here to change any narrative. We are the fun loving, you know, get out there, go. And I told, you know, some of the students I told today, I said, you know, I, we were plugging the, the marketing aspect of J-Dog. And I said, I said, most of the time we get free food. And the kids are like, we love free food. And I said, yeah. So we go out, we do we guest speaking, they give us food. That's the benefit. And they're like, wow, this is so cool. I think I told like seven kids on applying for jobs for the summer with us 
just based off of the fact that they know that they can get free food. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And I'm really glad that you brought up the whole, um, you know, you are a business that is your veteran owned minority owned. And it's such a cool thing for you. I'm sure to not only be breaking those stereotypes, but even back to what you said before about, you didn't even think that you were going to necessarily go to college. And so what a cool thing I'm sure for you to look back and to see how successful you've been and how far you've come and to be able to share that with other people. Cause I, I think it's very inspiring. Yeah. I tell people all the time, like I, I tell them the story of my, my bachelor's degree, the associates. Okay. That was, you know, it was kind of, you get one, you get the other. Cause it was one of those schools where they hit switch everything out. But my last course before my bachelor's degree I was afraid I was going to fail. It took me seven days to turn in my final assignment because I was like, I am not going to be able to do this. I am not going to pass this class and I'm not going to graduate. And it took me seven, it took me, it was like 1159 on the date that I had to turn it in. (laughs) And I turned in that last document and I said, okay. I said, I don't know. And then two weeks later, I received a letter in the mail that said, congratulations. I was, because I did not believe coming from the inner city of Cleveland, you know, not having what I felt that I should have had growing up and, you know, being in this position, I never thought that I would make it. But after that, they couldn't tell me anything. I went back a year later, I got my master's degree. Then I went back in three years and got my doctorate degree. So I was just like, no one's going to tell me that I can't do anything. Mm-hmm. I'm going to try. Worst thing they could tell me is no. And so that's mm-hmm. how I've been living since, you know, since that first accomplishment, I said, I'm never turning back. They can just tell me no, but I'm going to keep coming, but they can tell me no. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you say it a couple of times now, but I love it's almost the overarching theme here is what's the worst that's going to happen. You'll get told no. And so your perseverance through everything and your tenacity and you know willingness to go after things with that in mind is just knowing that that is the worst thing that's going to happen is really I mean I just think that again I said this earlier some people are held back by that because they think well I don't want to get told no but you're a testament to what could happen if you keep that in perspective that if that's the worst thing that can happen I'm going to go for it yeah it's the worst thing that can happen and you know and it's I've heard people say this is, you know, God closes one door, he's going to open another. You know, there's always something, something for everyone to do. As you have to just take the opportunity and go for it. Mm-hmm. Go for it. If you're not successful, that, that, that's, it's either a lesson or a blessing. And so I think everything comes in spells. You know, I, there are highs and lows of running a business. You know, we have those days where we, you know, during the, the low low months, which I call from December through the end of February, where it's completely slow, but you still have employees that you have to pay. And, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you're, you're losing money, but it's in the long run, they'll respect that you are standing by them. And that's, I think that's my biggest thing is that I'm going to stand behind you, you know, as long as you are supportive of what I, my vision and what me and my husband have, you know, put forth, all the risks that we're taking. If you stand behind us, we're going to stand behind you. And we're going to make this. And I told my daughter, I said, this is uh, an enterprise. I said, we're going for $5 million in five years. 
And I said, and if anybody asks, asks that question, five million, five years, just come to ask me what, what I'm talking about. We're mm -hmm. going for it. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. And, and you mentioned, which I want to touch on because we didn't get to expand on it, but that you said that you just purchased three new territories. Is that what you said? Yeah, so we purchased the first two last year uh, in September, and we've been working with those. And then two, was it? No, it was last week. Last week, we actually signed our third uh, franchise agreement for a third territory. So we were right now we're running three territories, three franchises. I love it. That's so awesome. So see, that's just a testament really to how great of a business opportunity it is, because, I mean, you haven't been doing this that long. So to now be you know, running a business in three territories just shows that you have not only found it to be a rewarding experience for you as a business owner, but it's also been successful from a monetary perspective as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I don't, I see the monetary as a goal, but I see more of the legacy that's behind it is more powerful to me. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know many people who start businesses are like, well, yeah, I want to start a business so I can, you know, make my own income. I don't want to work for anyone, but I'm all about legacy. And I've been like that since, you know, I graduated college and I started thinking about my children and, you know, having generational wealth, things like that are very much more important to me. Cause I tell my kids, I, you could ask my daughter, you know, one time she may be on the call and we'll tell, she'll tell you, my mom always says this, she's not doing this for her. She's doing this for us. Mm -hmm. And I tell them that this is about legacy. This is, this is nothing to do with mom wants to be a billionaire. Mom yeah. wants to have a legacy that she can leave behind. And cause I can't take the money with me. So my mm -hmm. <laughs> plan for the future. So that's our, that's our goal is, you know, setting the stage, starting with our family and now we're hiring. We found uh, several veterans that are looking for work who are getting ready to retire. So we're going to bring them in the fold with the opportunity of we're not bringing you in the fold just to be an employee. We're bringing you in the fold because we want you to become an entrepreneur. We want you to do the same thing that we've done, that other J-Dogs have done. And we want you to be able to have something for your children and, you know, other people that you know. You can speak of how J-Dog and being an entrepreneur in this field has changed your life. We are not just junk haulers. We are, we are a family. And so that's the biggest picture that I want to convey to everyone. Mm -hmm. That's so awesome. Well, Lily, you have been absolutely incredible. I feel like I could talk to you all day and just have you as my little motivational speaker as I'm getting through <laughs> my own work day. <laughs> But I really, really, really appreciate you joining. So is there anything else that you'd like to share or do you think that that covers it? No, just find your local J-Dog. Tell them, tell them thank you. Um, I want to say to everyone and just have fun. Anything you do, have fun with it. And that would make it so much more of, a, of an experience than just doing it to, to make money. Just have mm -hmm. fun. Awesome. Lily, thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Orion's From the Battlefield to the Boardroom podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud so that you never miss an episode. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any feedback, please send me an email at podcast at oriontalent.com. Our goal is to help all military job seekers through their transition and beyond. So make sure you share our show with your friends. See you next time.